podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Voices of the Vic Podcast with me, Mike Duffy and Casey Kirkley. We're here to talk to you about yesterday's one-all draw at home to Southampton. Uh, first things first, okay, how's, how's things? It's I think you've been racking up the appearances on uh, Voices of the Vic recently. Um, how's things been? You you been all good? Yeah, no, I've been great. I've honestly loving being on here. It's been really nice, um, and it's always good to come on and talk positive about Watford as well. Yeah, it definitely helps that we're doing, you know, a lot better than we have done in recent years. Uh, but no, it's uh, it's it's been good to see you on, and uh, it's been good to to watch sort of from afar. I've been uh. I've been on holiday and I've been I've been watching um, the podcasts that have been going out still and uh, yeah I think uh, I think hats off to to everyone you know yourself Joe Ben Cameron and uh, it's it's been good to watch from afar but we're here to we're not here to talk about a win this time unfortunately but on the other hand we're also not here to talk about a loss so <laughs> we're here to talk about a one-one draw. A very respectable one-one draw against Southampton, and probably could have been a little bit more, but we'll uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, as always, let's start at the very very beginning with the team moves. Now, I'm going to hopefully do some magic with my screen, and you will be able to see what we've got here. There we go. So, start with the team moves. So there was only one change, and that was Livermore had come out and Sierra Elter had come in. And it was Sierra Elter's first start since Huddersfield away. And the reason that Livermore wasn't there is because there's a potential slight injury. Uh, as you can see there, Valerian Ismail actually said this week in training, Livermore felt a minor strain in his knee. We've checked and scanned him and he's okay, but today is too soon. Maybe Tuesday, who knows? It was important for us not to take any risks with him. Now, ignore the fact about Livermore not being in there at, at the moment, Katie, because we're going to talk about him in, in in just a second. In terms of that starting eleven, other than that one change, it was unchanged. What were your thoughts? Because Southampton, this was a real test compared to, and no disrespect to who we've played recently, but this was one of those games a few weeks ago. We were looking ahead, thinking, Christ, we've got, Southampton, Ipswich, you know, we got some big hitters coming up. Leicester was one of them games as well. So I would say on paper, this was probably the toughest test since the Leicester game. So what was your thoughts going into the game, seeing that team lose dropping at two o'clock yesterday? Yeah, like we all knew that these run of games coming up, even Norwich and Hull, I thought would mm. be tough games as well. Um, but I thought that, you know, Southampton, they are probably out of the... Norwich and Hull, they are in quite good form. Like, you know, they're fourth in the league. Like, I was like, this is the real test. Like, we're at home. Um, but this is probably the team, obviously, bar Livermore, this is the team that I probably would have played because, yeah. again, no need to change much from the Hull game. Uh, there's no reason to drop anyone apart from, obviously, with injuries, people will have to come in. Um, but no, I was happy with that team. Obviously, when I didn't see Livermore, I was a bit like concerned. And then when he mm -hmm. said, "Oh, it's just a little injury," I was like, "Okay, fine." Like, you know, he is old. Like, we don't want to risk him if it's not worth it. And with um, the Christmas period, we know how many games are happening, and it's unlikely that every player is going to be able to keep up with all these games. And you will have to swap some people out at times. Absolutely, and you know, quite what you're saying is bad. Especially with Livermore, you know, he's, he's a little bit on the older side. He's one of the older pros in the squad. And certainly at the start of the season, when we brought him in, there were a few moans and groans like, oh, what are we doing going for a player like Livermore? He's past it. He won't even be able to play regularly. And to be fair to him, he's been giving it a bloody good go recently because he has played a lot of football. And we all know the championship is ruthless. You know, some weeks it's a, it's a you're playing three games in a week, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. And uh, I think Livermore sort of coped with that really well. And he's played a lot more frequently than I thought he would. And that's testament to him. He's obviously still, you know, feeling fit enough to, to be playing at this level. And he's showed that he's he's able to do that. Um, and obviously, you know, the man there on screen, 
I mean, I just want I, I feel like a little bit of a broken record only because this is all we've been really talking about recently on the podcast. But I think it is testament to him, Katie, because at the start of the season, and look, you know, we're not afraid to admit it. You sort of seen his name was linked and you thought, do we really want to be going down the avenue? He's, he's a little bit on the older side now. Yes, you need older heads in the team, but is he really going to suit us? Um, you know, you, you speak to West Brom fans and they say, yeah, absolutely, he's a leader, but his legs are gone, he's shot. And, you know, we're sort of thinking, well, you know, we've, we've been used to watching players who who don't look like they give a crap and aren't really up to scratch, yet we're going to go for Livermore, who's apparently his legs are shot and he's not the player he used to be. And now, fast forward, we're on, what, game week 19 or played 19 or 20 games? And... It was quite obvious yesterday when the team who's come out, Katie, that he's a player that everybody loves at the moment and he's been doing phenomenally, hasn't he? Yeah, there's no doubt that we sing praise to his name every single podcast saying how he's literally like changed this Watford team and he's such a core person and he is not someone who I thought would be... When we signed him, I would never thought that he would play this role that he is now. I thought, OK, yeah, back up maybe if he needs to fill in for someone but you can even see even yesterday you saw there was just something missing from that Mm. team and that is the leadership that Jake brings to the team and it's so clear on the pitch in everything that he does and I just think like it just shows the passion that he has because every every interview he's like oh I feel like I'm getting younger every game and it's so nice to see that obviously you can't deny that he is on the older side that he can't keep up with this um you know three games in a week it's 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 a big ask and the fact that he has played this many is an achievement in itself and Mm. if he does need to sit out for a week he needs to sit out for a week it's not a big issue and i do think that it's good that we don't have so heavily rely on it that if he's not there for one game we crumble and we can't do what we you know come back from being one one nil down it's good that even though he's not on the pitch, there's still that like mentality around the other players to do that e- even without him there. Absolutely. And that key word mentality, we, there's a dedicated slide just for that in a, in, in a few moments, which we're going to talk about because this team compared to last season, you know, levels above. Um, but the man that was tasked with replacing him, if I go back a slide, is the is the man in the in the in the back shot there, uh, Francisco Sierra. It was his first start. I thought it was since Huddersfield, um, since Swansea, but he was actually Huddersfield. I think he started sort of three games in a row around that period. Now, Sierra for me, look, I love Sierra, and I think he's he's one of the best defenders we've got at the club. I think Wesley Hoot's doing a. A, a bloody good job at knocking him off that perch for the best defender at the club. Uh, and I think Porteous, I mean, I didn't watch it yesterday, but it sounds like Porteous had a solid game yesterday. He's been a bit shaky. But Sierra, for me, he he operates best as a, a central defender. And he does worry me a bit in that central midfield, that uh, defensive midfield role. I mean... Do, do, does it worry you? Do, do you think that's a position we need to be looking at? Obviously, January transfer window's coming up. It's January in a matter of weeks. And, you know, hopefully, the, whoever they are at Watford now, the scouting team, um, that's a, another another uh, topic for another podcast. But whoever they are, hopefully they've sort of pinpointing targets. Do you think we need a backup CDM? Or are you, are you one of these Watford fans that are quite happy to have Sierra to play in that role. Because for me, like I say, centre-back, he's absolutely solid. You know, Swansea, he was by far and away the best player on that pitch that night. But for me, CDM doesn't quite suit him. I think he's too rash. I don't think he's he's a natural in that position. And I think it shows when Livermore plays, the calmness, the persona, the swagger he has, He's, he he really shows what it, it, it's like to be in that CDM role. So where do you stand on Sierra and the club needing to get another one in? I think he does. He he fills the shoes. Like he fills the spot, and like it doesn't. It's not somewhere I'd put him as first choice. Mm. But when he's called upon and he needs to be there, he can do the job. I mean, it's big shoes to fill because Livermore does it so well that when there's someone else there, even if he's not 
doing badly, it's going to look not as good because I feel like with Livermore, everything he does, you literally think it's effortless. Um, I do think it is a role to be looked at because my issue is, is if you've already got people filling in for others, all it takes is an injury to happen somewhere else. Like, okay, let's say who gets injured, touch wood, but like, let's say he did and Livermore's also out. It's about that rearrangement. Is that going to affect it? Because then you've got to have other people coming in for that role. And it's about Mm -hmm. having people that you'd have backups and be like, yeah, I'm happy for them to come in and it's not going to be a downgrade. They're going to play at the same level and it's going to, like support the team this is their chance to come in and it is it is about not letting the injuries pile up that people have to start playing in unnatural roles yeah I I, I think that's where we've been lucky this season I mean bloody hell remember last season I remember uh, me and Cam went to Norwich away and I think uh, that was on Sky and they put a graphic up of Watford's injuries at the time and I'm sure I'm sure there was about 20 players on there. But, yeah. I mean, everyone remembers it. You know, we had yeah. such a bad injury crisis last season. It was so I bad. That, you know, it's it's come out that Ishmael wants a sort of smaller squad, a tight-knit squad to work with. And the team togetherness, when it's a smaller squad, anyone knows that, whether you're managing at, at park football right up until, you know, the Premier League, the top, the top, top level. If you have a smaller squad, the, it, it's easier to sort of manage them and it's easier to get uh, a more of a team togetherness. And we're sort of reaping the benefits of that recently. Again, we'll talk about that in a very short while. But on the flip side, like you've just pointed out, if you have an injury and, you know, you you, you lose a couple of players, you sort of then having to pick people out of the youth team and maybe getting emergency loans in and they might not sort of buy into it and they might think, well, I'm only here on loan, so do this and then I'm out and I'm back at my parent club and that's when it starts to rock the boat a little bit. I mean, you know, we've we've got Sierra Hoot, Porteous and Pollock. You know, if Livermore, that injury to Livermore knocks him out of Tuesday's game against Ipswich and then Sierra can't cope with Ipswich's midfield and gets himself sent off, like who do we then put in yeah. CDM and if if uh, I think Hoots won yellow card away from a suspension, if he picks up that yellow card on Tuesday night, oh, and Sierra, <laughs> you know, you you down to Pollock, and who who do you then bring in to the bench as the the central defender? Yeah. Because at the moment Pollock's filling that role. So yeah, obviously there is every reason to be a little bit worried. But I like to think, especially with injuries at the moment, I think things have been much better. I, do not know what Felix was putting the players through. And it was rumoured that even at West Ham, you know, there was a lot of injuries around the time. So maybe his training methods were a bit unorthodox. Who knows? But yeah, it, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see if the club do go in for a CDM in January. For me, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if they did. But I don't want that to mean they get a CDM in and he comes in and just takes Livermore's place straight away. Because yeah. if anything... You know, Ishmael's shown that if you play well, you keep your you, you keep your position, yeah. uh, or you keep your spot in the team. Sorry, and Livermore, he so so deserves to be one of the first names on that team sheet. Another man, Katie, who's been on one of the first names on the team sheet recently, is this man, Ben Hamer. He's made four appearances in the league so far. He's conceded four. He's got one clean sheet, and in those four games, we've won ten points. So. Yesterday was the first time. Otherwise, he'd have had a 100% record when playing this season. Talk to me about this man, Katie. I mean, look, he splits uh, he splits a room with the opinion of whether he's any good or not. And, you know, a few shaky moments. Look at Coventry last season, that 2-2, where uh, I can't remember who it was that scored, but he let it go past him and he thought it was going wide and all this. Um, you know, didn't have the best of games down at Stevenage this season in the Cup. But do you know what? He's come in. Last week, he was brilliant against Hull, saved the penalty. And, you know, it's clear that the lads the lads love him. And fair play to Ishmael. He could have very easily been like, right, Batman's back from suspension. He's the captain. He's going to start. But no, he's been rewarding Hamer's performances. And it will be interesting now, because it was 1-1, if he sticks with him for Tuesday. I mean, firstly, Katie, what are your thoughts on Hamer recently? And secondly... Do you do you keep him in for Tuesday? 
well, I have said in the last few podcasts as well how I think he's done a fantastic job. Like, mm. to come in when you've not played all season and you've come in because obviously you've had to, he's then got a point to prove and he has he has proven that point. Like, I genuinely don't think that he has made too much of many errors for him to be like, oh, like, we should be concerned. I don't think... Yeah, he's the best goalkeeper we've ever had. But out of the last four games or so that he's played, he's done well in every situation. Um, like you said, he's he's saved penalties. He's just been much more composed. Like people have in the last podcast, um, yeah. can't remember what someone said this, but they said that just Batman is, is too emotional. He can't control himself when he gets too like angry or upset whereas like Hamer is so just composed and it's it's obviously he gets on with with the with the other people in the squad and I just think that it shows on the pitch like you see them at the end you see him celebrating like it's really nice and it's like oh now I feel like not saying Batman was like the bad egg but like it does kind of feel like he was and now he's now Hamer's getting the chance it feels like he could keep that spot and I, I don't think you you would drop him after a 1-1 I still think that he made some good saves yesterday and did keep us in um but I do think that a goalkeeper is something that we should be looking at because I maybe could see Backman leaving or us getting rid um because I just feel like now that he's lost this spot in the team I don't really see him. When do you play him? The FA Cup? Like, I just feel like that's not something he'll want. From being a regular starter, he's going to want to play regular football. But he's lost mm. that spot. And I just think it's nice that Ismail hasn't let him walk back into that team. I feel like it would have showed the wrong message to everyone. And it just shows that you play well, you keep your spot. I, I think that's been the, the key so far this season, is no matter how well you play in, in a game, or if you you mess up, like Loser, for example, Loser was fantastic the first game of the season against QPR. He was late the next week, so he, he don't get in, and then he struggled to get back in ever since. And like you've just said there, you know, Backman he he um, he got sent off against Leicester, so he served his suspension. And um, you know, Hamer had a good game, and he could have very easily put Backman back in, but he thought, you know what, no, Hamer's done a good job rewarding it and it's more incentive for the players then especially as a as a sub goalkeeper if you're mm. there and you're filling in every now and then you know you see it so much that as soon as a first choice keeper's back he's back in I mean look at this for example a few seasons ago we were having this debate between Ben Foster and Dan Backman like do you bring Foster back in do you stick with Backman and now you know a lot of people were like Backman we need to bring Backman back in but I think you're absolutely spot on, Katie. I think Backman does get emotional, uh, too emotional sometimes. You know, I, I'll never forget some of his outbursts, and it's just unnecessary. And look, I like my captains to have to have passion, and he, he he is passionate, and I do genuinely believe that he cares so much for this club. But I think he portrays his energy in the wrong way, and it can get him into trouble sometimes. Yeah. And that's another problem as having a goalkeeper as captain. One of his uh, one of his bookings against Leicester was the fact that he ran all that way to the halfway line to shout at the referee. Now, granted, the referees always say, "Look, if there's a problem, you know, the captains can come over." Really work. They should be saying, "Right, you know, Backman's captain, but we're going to appoint one of these outfield players that if there's a problem, you go and speak to the referee instead of me." But no, Backman's just loses his head, which he's yeah. done far too many times at Watford, and he rushes over. It's like a bull in a china shop, and it's just you, you can't be doing it. And I think credit to Wesley Hoot as well. I think he's superb candidate for captain. I think a lot of people at the start of the season said Porteous. I think they probably won't be saying that at the moment. You know, Livermore, he's another one. He's a natural leader anyway. He doesn't even wear the armband, and he's still leads the team as you can see and he's always first over to Yasser if Yasser scores or assists he's always one of the first over to to any of the younger players and you can tell it, it's it's great to to have him around uh be interesting to know what you guys think about this whole Backman uh, Hamer discussion 
let us know in the comment section whether you're watching on Facebook or uh, or YouTube. Sorry, pop it in the comments and we'll uh, we'll read them out. But in terms of the game itself, Katie, I mean, obviously Southampton are on the current currently the longest unbeaten streak. I think if I'm not correct, if if I'm if I stand correctly there. I think it's in the whole of the uh, in the, the top leagues in England. I think I saw a tweet the other day on, from a Twitter account. I believe they're twelve or thirteen yeah, games without a loss. It's twelve. So um, you know, coming to Vicarage Road, we're we're not bad at home. You know, our home record I think is the fourth or fifth best in the league. And you know, I think for me, Katie, whenever we play teams at home, I just have this automatic sort of reassurance. I'm thinking, right, we're at home. We 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 we're making the Vic a bit of a fortress again. How did you feel with Southampton coming here, not lost in eleven games? They're fourth in the table. Was you sort of fearing the worst a little bit, or were you like me and thinking, well, actually, no, we're at home. Like, why can't we get something against Southampton? Why can't we do well against these teams? I think, like, I was I was saying I would take a draw in the beginning before the game happened because I think. A draw against someone in the top four of the league like even though we're at home I was like oh I would have taken a draw um mm. I just think like you can't our form and our attitude in football cannot go unnoticed we can't it's hard to be like oh that was a one-off oh that's a one-off like we were lucky it's actually every day and every week we prove ourselves and mm. I feel like the players just prove everyone wrong every single week. Like, you can't look at Hull and go, yeah, we were lucky. You can't look at Norwich and go, yeah, we were lucky. Norwich were rubbish. Like, every, I feel like it's so easy to excuse the other team and say, well, they were bad. Like, mm -hmm. they're not good. They're not very good. Like, actually, we have to start, like, start giving ourselves credit and be like, no, we're actually good. Like, we're actually a team. We look like a team. We've got great mentality. We're, you know, doing really well. And it is about building on that. And that's what we're doing. You know, they will have, it feels like, yesterday feels like a win because we scored so late on. And I feel like it always feels like a win when you come back from being 1-0 down. Um, so like, I kind of see that as like a win. And I feel mm. like it does give the players confidence. And I know every week, every week we're like, oh, the next game's the real test. Like that, that like Southampton, we, that's the real test. I do think Ipswich is the real test. That will yeah. be a really tough game. Um, but again, we're at home, like we're in form, and I just think like the players know that as well. I feel like the players know that they're good. The players know how the fans feel, and I feel like you could hear. I watched a video of like um, the celebrations in the rookery after um, Healy scored, and it actually looked like that's like the most amount of like celebrations I've ever seen at a game. Yeah. Um, I just feel like, like you said, we are making Vicarage Road a bit more of a like, get a bit more atmosphere going. I mean, I haven't been for a while, so I don't know, but um, I'm hoping that when I'm home from uni at Christmas, I'll be able to go and be like, oh, wow, well, there's actually a bit of atmosphere here. Cause like, mm -hmm. we've never had a lot of atmosphere since that season we were in yeah. the um, FA Cup final. That was like the last time I felt like we had good atmosphere at home, but it's good that, even now, the fans are getting behind the players as well. Absolutely. I, I, I want to point out something that Cameron actually said. Cameron was, was going to come on and then he wasn't and all this. So he, uh, he he sent me a couple of pointers that he wanted to point out. And one of them is, is to do with the atmosphere. And just quickly before I go into that, Gregory Farrell says he's not sure if Batman will play for us in the championship again. He's choosing Hamer. Uh, and then Philip Crouch says, "Hi guys, think who has taken the since who has taken the armband? His performances have improved with the responsibility, and uh, that is something I completely, completely agree on. And like you said, Katie, I think you know there is that belief growing around Vicarage Road again. And I, I always look back to that season. You you mentioned there the last sort of season you can remember where it had a decent atmosphere was the FA Cup final season. And if you think about it." Other than the promotion season in lockdown, we've not really had much to cheer about. You know, after the FA Cup season, we got relegated. Yes, we come straight back up, but the fans weren't allowed in. Um, that first season we were back in the Prem uh, under Cisco. Well, what started with Cisco, that was horrendous. And then last season was horrendous as well. So, yeah, we've not really had much to, um, to cheer about. So, you know, the fact that we, we've seen the team where there's togetherness again, we're seeing a team who are putting 100% in, 
and are fighting to the last whistle, that's all Watford fans want. You know, yeah. you, you're seeing a lot at the moment, you know, Elton John's on the, the media circuit at the moment because of his new book, Watford Forever, with John Preston. Go and check it out if you haven't already. And he's saying the same thing, you know. You, you look back at what Watford want. Watford, we just want players to show 100%. Yes, we want to be in the best league in the world. Every team, you ask every team in the 92, do you want to play in the Premier League? I Not don't. one of them is going to turn around and say, oh, well, actually, I don't think so. Yes, a lot of people say there's not much point because of the money and you have to spend a ridiculous amount of money to compete. But everyone wants to see their team play at the best league in the world. Like, I was loving it, you know. We've been very fortunate. We had five consecutive seasons, you know, beating. The only big six side which we haven't beaten is Man City. We've beaten Man United multiple times. We've beaten Liverpool multiple times. Beaten Arsenal multiple times. Beaten Tottenham. You know, we've beat some big teams. And there, you'd come out of the ground or you'd you'd watch it on the TV. you think my little club has just beaten like one of the biggest teams in the world. So, yeah, everyone wants to be in the Premier League. But ultimately, everyone wants to see a team that puts 110% into their performances. And recently, we've not been doing that. But Val seems to be getting the tune out of them. So, yeah, like you say, you know, gone a bit off tangent there. But Southampton coming to the Vic, you know, yeah, I was a little bit wary. But because we're at home, I'm thinking, yeah, OK, we, we can do it. And I think in terms of the game itself, there's probably not too much to talk about other than the two goals. Because I think yesterday, the first real opportunity sort of come near the, near the end of the first half. And it was uh, it was Ken Semmer. Rojovic played through Ken Semmer and he went through one-on-one. And he put it straight at uh, Basenu in, in the Southampton goal. But Russell Martin said yesterday, I watched his uh, post-match interview and he says, oh, I'm really disappointed because I thought we were on top yesterday. I've watched the extended highlights. I'd love to know what game he was watching because yeah. I think their best player was Basenu in goal. And we'll talk about him in a little bit because I also think he probably should have saved Healy's chance. Mm. But, you know, the fact that we, we go in toe-to-toe with a team like Southampton... They've just come down and, you know, I, I didn't think we played too badly against Leicester in large majority of the game either. And we're showing a lot of people have us down this season as right, Watford will finish mid-table. They're, they're at that stage now where they've had the chance to go back up. They don't look like they're going to do it. A lot of people are just sort of writing us off this season. And I'm fine with that. Let us go under the radar if we need to. But Southampton come into town, they're probably thinking, right, you know, let's, let's get three points here, happy days. But yeah. I think yesterday, Katie, I think, you know, even even after the, their their uh, their opening goal, I thought we played really, really well. And we are really, really looking solid defensively, aren't we? I thought their goal was really undeserved. I thought that we'd been... I mean, like I said, I would have taken a, a draw, but I thought yeah. that in the build-up to their goal and even in the game in general, I do think we were... You know, like you said, in the interview, he was like, yeah, we were in control. I was like, were you? Like... <laughs> And and even when um, people say, "Oh, the goal was that goal was coming," it's like, was it? Like we actually, I thought we were on top. Like I thought we were, um, like playing really well. And I was actually really disappointed that they um, that they scored. And I feel like we were quite unlucky to to concede then. And but like you said, we did carry on afterwards, and like we didn't let our heads drop again, which is just shows how good the mentality is that we don't just drop off after this and even a team like Southampton like they are a decent side like like you said they've got a 12 unbeaten run like it's mm-hmm. not something you can ignore they're a decent side like you know they've got good players they were it was quite a good game for both teams I do still feel like how we were on top so I was disappointed when the goal happened but I do feel like you know there's not much you can do. It's a good hit, like, yeah. Yeah, I I think, look, Southampton, only Leicester and Ipswich have got a better away record than Southampton this season. They've played 10 away games and picked up 18 points. And uh, just to comparis- in comparison, Leicester have picked up 25 points away from home in 10 games and Ipswich have picked up 21. So, you know, they're really running away with it, uh, quite literally as well. So, Southampton, third best away record in the league. And, you know, you like you say, I mean, you anyone that's watching on YouTube or Facebook will be able to see the still images here. And uh, this is one of the points that Cameron wanted to point out. 
he says that yesterday, he feels as if um, if Livermore was in that, that that holding role, he'd have been a lot tighter to Adams and he wouldn't have let him take it down in the box. Because you can see there, uh, the, the, the top pitcher is just after, I think, Armstrong heads it down for Che Adams. And he's in quite a lot of space there, enough space to take it down. And as you can see, by the time Sierra steps forward to him, he's got enough time to put it on his other foot and then he's got the, the freedom of the 18-yard the box to just smash it past Hamer. And, you know, the where he's setting it up, he's expecting it to go down to his left, which is why you can see in the bottom still image, Hamer's gone down to his left. And Shea Adams, quality striker at this level, puts it the other side. So it's a very clever finish from Shea Adams. And, yeah, I mean, you could argue a little bit disappointing in terms of the, the, the marking there, but look, goes back to the zonal marking stuff, doesn't it? Um, but, yeah, it would have been interesting to see if Livermore was in there, would he have done any better than, than Sierra Elta? But the one point I want to make as well is, you look at that right in there, 56th minute that was when Che Adams scored. I was driving back from Birmingham and I was listening to Talk Sport because I wasn't able to listen to the game. And it come up and it said, oh, there's been a goal at Vicarage Road, oh, it's Che Adams, 56 minutes on the clock. And I turned to my missus and I said, do you know what? I said, we've still got about half an hour here to, to go yeah. and score and to come back. And we, we're making a good habit recently of scoring late on. And for once in a long time, in a few seasons, I actually, we went 1-0 down and I thought, well, there's plenty of time for us to come back. Yeah. We yeah. might actually do this. And that was another point Cam wanted to make. He said the fans weren't on the players' back for the first time in years. There was applause when Southampton scored. Haven't seen that for a while. And there, there is that belief now, Katie, that if we go a goal behind, 30-odd minutes is plenty for us to 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 go and, you know, come back and, and to score. Um, and... That's exactly what we did, you know. We we were knocking on the door all game. Bazanu kept Southampton in it. We go a goal down. But at the moment, the way the mentality is, we're thinking, you know what, sod this. We, we, we're we going to keep going till the, last mi- till the last minute. And, you know, there was a couple of substitutions made and uh, Cameron wanted to point out as well, why on earth do you bring Tom Ince on for, uh, for, for Yasser Espria? And at the moment, <laughs> I'm not sure why Yasser's not getting the full full 90 um but you know the the first substitution we saw Tom Ince come on for Yasser Spear as I say um Vacuum Bio come on for Rajovic who again didn't really do much and then we saw Martins come on for Lewis and then Chuck Badadzi come on for Ishmael Kone and then in the 95th minute we saw Ed OKM come on uh, come up sorry and Reese Healy come on and again you sort of thinking Right, well, why are we waiting till the 95th minute to bring yeah. Reece on? Like, yes, we're chasing the game. I'm glad that he's brought another striker on. But why wait till 95th minute? Yeah. But boy, oh boy, did it pay off. Because look at this next slide. 96 minute. I actually include that tweet, by the way. I was, I was <laughs> 96 minute. Southampton have tweeted there. 90 plus six. Watford equalised 1-1. And there is the man himself, Reese Healy, with a goal. And... Katie, firstly, how buzzing for Reese are you? Because we've talked time and time again on this podcast. Why isn't he getting a look in? He's got a look in. 95th minute, as I've just gone on a bit of a rant there, should have been a lot sooner. But he's he's got his first goal for Watford. I'm buzzing for him. Yeah, and the fact that he was literally on for like a minute. And yeah. like he, he literally came on a minute before he scored. Like... If that doesn't show that he can do that, what I don't know what else does. I think this will really kick off for him, I hope now. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a few things in and around Twitter saying that apparently like he wants to leave and like he doesn't really want to be here anyway, which obviously like I don't know how true that is, but the fact that he's just come on, he's been on the pitch for a minute and he scored the well, I was gonna say the winner, but like scored the goal to like get you know get the draw. Like you can't say that he doesn't care. And I was watching his interview, and he literally said, "The second the ball touched my chest, I knew I knew to go for goal." And it is the fact that he just thought that is like is mad. The fact that mm. 
because I it is weird. I never would have thought of Watford to be a team that would score late goals. I've never every time we've gone a goal down, I've always thought, yeah, that's it. We've lost. And I think you raise a really good point now where when we do concede, say, 50th minute, I'm not worried. I'm not thinking, yeah, we've lost. Like genuinely, I'm thinking, oh, there's time to turn this around. There, there's yeah. time to score to score that winner or get the equaliser. And that's how different I feel about Watford, how I don't get disheartened when we concede. Obviously, yeah, no one likes to concede. And let's say, oh, if it was Man City, it's a bit of a different story. But mm-hmm. in every game where we've conceded, I'm not thinking, oh, I'm worried. Because mm-hmm. whenever we've conceded, it's not been oh, we're, we're so bad, like, we've conceded because we're bad. Like, genuinely, I do feel like the team has improved so much that I'm just, I'm, I'm excited when we concede. I'm like, we have, we, there's, a, there's a comeback in this. And we've seen it in, in almost every game, there's been some sort of comeback. Mm. Well, it's a far cry from last season, isn't it? You know, you, you look at last season and when you concede, you're like, ah, like, how many is it going to be now? Like, you know, oh God, they've scored. They've got to go on and get another one. And, you know, last season, so many opportunities already. Last season, if we concede the goal that we do, we, we go and lose. Look at Millwall, for example. Millwall equalise, I think. No, sorry, Millwall go ahead. 2-1, West Hardy. I think they were, what, 70-odd minutes on the clock? And then they have a chance to go go 3-1 up. And that man, Reese Healy, pops himself up on the line, heads it against the crossbar. And we go and score in the 90th minute to equalise. Last season, they'd have got that third goal. They'd have maybe got a fourth as well. But this season, it's, there's just something else going on at, at Vicarage Road. And I think, you know, you, you raise a good point there, Katie. You mentioned Reese's post-match interview. He said as soon as it hit his chest, he knew. Now, the fact that he's not been playing, he's he's got every right to be pissed off. And he's got every right yeah. to be annoyed and angry. And you wouldn't be surprised and you wouldn't blame him if a little bit of his confidence has gone. He's just come off the back of two brilliant seasons scoring goals for fun in Toulouse. And yes, he's had an injury, so that would have knocked him a bit. But he's used to playing and scoring goals. So to then come over to Watford and not get a look in at all or come on for the last minute or last five minutes and not really have enough time to have an impact... You wouldn't be surprised if just maybe a smidge of confidence has gone. But the fact that it hasn't, because he thought, right, this ball's hitting my chest and it's going in. I mean, I think it's typical of Bazanou. Anyone that I, I, I must admit, when it comes to international football, I, I hate international football. And I watch the occasional England game if it's like a major tournament. But I tend mm. to follow quite a bit of Republic of Ireland just because of family connections and all that. Yeah. And anyone that knows Bazanu is the goalkeeper for the Republic of Ireland. And he's always got a mistake in him. Always. I, I, I do not know how he's still Southampton's number one. But I thought he was their best player yesterday. He saved them multiple times and we could have very easily won that game. And I think the easiest save he could have made all day was Healy's goal because I don't think there was much conviction behind it. I think uh-huh. it was a bit of a P-roller. I don't know if he hit it as clearly as he would have wanted to. And I think me and Cam were speaking in the chat. He could have easily not only saved it, he could have held on to it. So yeah. the fact that that went in was typical of Bazanou, but I don't give a crap how it goes in. As long as it went in, that is the ultimate thing. And... I think, as you say, Katie, the fact that we are, you know, we've we've gone, we, we've gone and conceded, and still been confident that we're going to come back. I mean, I just want to point out here as well. Um, one of the slides that I've got is, you know, the the form in which we're in at the moment is it, it, it's been it's been absolutely brilliant. I don't know why it keeps going back, but. Just looking at the, the the table here, you know, that that point made us a point closer to the playoffs. Look how tight it is there between 6th and, and 11th. I think I saw a tweet earlier, actually, from 6th down to 19th. I think nine points separates them. So, you know, a point puts us two points outside the playoffs because Hall lost to QPR. And a win on Tuesday, depending on other results, could see us jump into into that last playoff spot. And you look at the fixtures, Sunderland are playing at home to Leeds, so potentially could drop points there. 
Preston have got Huddersfield. Now, one of my best mates in Birmingham's a Preston fan, and he he swears blind that Preston are playing awful football at the moment. Huddersfield <laughs> are turning a bit of a corner as well, so maybe. We've got Ipswich. And so all we need is those two to drop points. And if if we win, we could jump into six. And then on Wednesday, Cardiff are at Birmingham. Uh, well, Cardiff are at home to Birmingham. Birmingham are doing dreadfully at the moment. And then Middlesbrough have got Hull. Uh, and I think Middlesbrough aren't that far behind us. So I, I don't know. I just cut the screenshot off there. So a win could see us jump up into a playoff spot. Yeah, they're 12. Yeah, there we go then. But form table this on this next slide. The last 10 games, we are fifth in the form table. Only Leeds, Ipswich, Leicester and Southampton are ahead of us. And to me, Katie, that... We're that so just, good. We're so good. We're so good. Like, <laughs> it genuinely felt, like, only a couple of months ago, that wasn't there talk of people being like, well, Ishmael, like, I know not to take it seriously sometimes, but there was genuine fans that thought, Ishmael might not be the man to to uh, yeah. hand. And yes, they were saying sack him, and I think some of the comments are a bit tongue-in-cheek, but we had to sort of sit here and sort of say, well, if you sack him, you're back at square one because mm. this is the season where we, we're hopefully going to back a manager. And now look, last 10 games, fifth in the form table, and there's four bloody good teams there that are only ahead of us by a few points in the form table. So it's credit to the Val at the moment and Watford as a whole. It, it, it's just, it's been a good few weeks to support Watford, hasn't it, Katie? Well, bar Leicester, the last time we lost was against Sunderland on the 4th of October. Like, that, if, if you don't think that's impressive, then, like, you must One be One loss in 10 games, it is. Yeah. But it's like the fact that a couple of months ago, people were saying we were in a relegation battle. Like, and like, I'm being <laughs> yeah, genuine. People actually thought we might be in a relegation battle. Like, yeah. I, there were tweets saying we need to be careful. Like, we could. And I think we even might have come on here and gone, yeah, I'm worried. Like, I'm worried mm. for this side. We're not doing well. But mm. I think that these last few games, um, like Leicester, Norwich, Hull, uh, Southampton and Ipswich, I was going... This is like the tough, the tough fixtures. Like yeah. these games were going to be tough. Um, I was thinking, I'm not sure we'll pick up a lot of points, which was why we were saying, oh, in the games, in the run up to that, I was like, we need to win those because it might be that when we get to these games, we're not picking up a lot of points. Yeah. We've picked up way more points than I ever thought we would. And the fact that we've picked up points against like top sides makes me feel so confident because I know that after we get past these games, we're going into like, I mean, I'm, I'm never going to say it's an easy game because it is the championship, anything happened. And I don't, I hope that the players don't think, oh, well, we've beat Hull, we've got a draw against Southampton, so we can just mm -hmm. slack off now because the other teams are easy. And I feel like, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I don't, yeah. but it is like, we want to keep building on this, but then we are going into games like Preston, I mean, Blackburn will be tough, but we've got like Bristol City, Stoke, Plymouth, like those are all games where we should really like be picking up points. Yeah. And then the fact that we've got through this tough, like I always feel like Watford always get a tough December fixtures. Like we always, in the Premier League, we would always get like Man City, Chelsea, Man United yeah. all in yeah. December. Like, and it was all in the same week. Like that was, yeah. So I feel like, even with all the games we're playing and we're still in good form and picking up points against teams that are above us, like it's impressive. And I do think that moving into the new year as well, there are there are places there where I think, you know, we could go through January and like get all, all three points in every game. I, I say it quietly, but I, 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 there's, <laughs> there's no reason why, and you've rightly pointed out there, this was the, the run of games we, we've just finished and we've obviously got Ipswich on Tuesday. Yeah. That run of games was the dreaded run of games for, for what yeah. fans. And we've come out of it. The last 10 games, we picked up 19 points. We've lost yeah, one that's game. that's crazy. And like you've rightly pointed out, you took the words out of my mouth, actually, Katie. <laughs> not coming up. After Tuesday, we've got Preston. Yes, Preston are, are, are just above us in the, in the league table, as you can see on the slide now. But like I said, my mate reckons they're, they're not playing good football at all, but Look, they're still up there. They're still picking up points to keep them up there. But we've got Preston. Then we've got Blackburn. 
Bristol City at home, Stoke at home, Stoke, by the way, who are calling for Alex Neal to be sacked. Yeah. So, you know, they they want they want their manager gone. And Plymouth, who, you know, started the season all right, and, you know, we picked up a point at home against them, should have won that game, but they've been struggling recently as well. And then you've got, going into the new year, we've obviously got the FA Cup, but we've got QPR, Bristol City again, Sheffield Wednesday and Cardiff at home. And I'm yeah. like, okay, you pick up some good points there, you're in January. We could be looking at ourselves just outside the playoffs or on the brink, and you know, yeah. who knows what could happen. So it is an exciting time, but I think, like you've said, we've got to make sure this mentality sticks. Mm. It's slide here. I mean, the togetherness. I love that Val does this. Whenever there's an opportunity, yeah. get everyone in. And I want to point out that stat in the top right corner. And for those that <laughs> look are looking at Backman. <laughs> Batman looks funny, don't he? I've only just noticed that. Like, oh shit, that could have been me. Um, I've only just noticed Batman there, actually. Um, I want to point out that stat in the top right corner for those that are listening on podcast. Yesterday was the eighth goal. Yes, the eighth goal this season that has come in the 80th minute onwards. And if that doesn't point out the mentality, and the never-die attitude of this squad, I do not know what will. Now, granted, I've got those eight games here. Granted, two of those were we were already 3-0 up at the time. But still, it shows it shows as well. I love that. If you're 3-0 up, like we were against Rotherham, yet you're still going to get more goals. Yeah. that that It's, it's all up here. So, in those eight games, you've got Ryovic against Birmingham and Andrews against Birmingham. They won us three points. You got a spear against Sheffield Wednesday, that won us three points. Senna against Swansea again won us three points. Ryovic against Millwall got us a point. Then Ince and Martins against Rotherham made us, you know, that that would have helped towards our goal difference, five goals better than you know three. And then Healy was the eighth yesterday against Southampton. So. Just want to point out, none of those eight games, none of those were like a oh, consolation goal in a 2-1 loss or a 3-1 mm. loss. They were all important goals. And I think yeah. that's credit to Val and the, what he's building at Watford at the moment. And Katie, this is what we've been wanting for, 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 for seasons now. We just want a team that doesn't stop from the first whistle to the last. And if mm. that stat doesn't point out that we're doing exactly that, I don't know what is. Yeah, I even said, I think, on one of the podcasts that we did, maybe it was like the end of last season or maybe it was like the beginning of this season. I said, all I want to see this next season or this season is a team that care, a team that want to play, a team that will put in the effort. None of this, oh, I don't care, I'm here for the money and I'll dip, like none of that. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that's what we've got. And like, even if... Even when we draw or we, even if we do lose, like I'm coming out of the Leicester game thinking, oh, we didn't even deserve to lose that. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we got, we got unlucky there. And I feel like that is where the change is. And I'm the first to dish, dish out like, criticism if, it, if it's needed. But I genuinely yeah. don't feel like I can criticise anyone in this team at the moment, like with how it's been. Gen genuinely, I really feel like, We've got a very good squad. There's no ego issues, none of this like, oh, well, you know, like we had a huge issue with someone like Saar, you know, he'd drop a stinker, but he'd stock every single every single game. And then other players are frustrated because they're like, well, I'm never going to get a look in because he's always going to play regardless of how bad he is. We've got none of this coming in this season and it just feels like the slate has been wiped clean. And I, yeah. I genuinely feel like there's something special happening at Watford. As do I. And this could all burst our bubble on Tuesday night because we've got bloody Ipswich coming to Vicarage Road. But again, Katie, I want to stress, I said in the group chat before we, we come on, I, I must be crazy and Watford have got me yet again. But I'm feeling confident. Why can't right. we get to it against Ipswich? I mean, look, Ipswich is uh, away record, second best in the league. Yeah. <laughs> so... You know, they're, they're, they're not a bad side. And listen, a lot of people would have been looking at them thinking, nah, they'll still slip up. But they're, they're doing a good job at the moment. Uh, got a comment here from Matt. He says, I love that even if we go behind this season, the whole team's head don't drop. They stay held high. 
they get stuck in to come back to get a goal back or to get the winner. And that echoes what we've just been saying, Matt. Thank you very much for your comment. But yeah, uh, just before we wrap it up, I want to talk about Tuesday very quickly. We've got Ipswich coming up, uh, coming to Vicarage Road. That's going to be fun, fun, fun. Um, and in terms of the team selection, we've used our Fan Hub app. I'm going to share the screen again, and it's probably going to do that annoying thing where it to the start but yeah it does um but <laughs> we have done our predictions only three of us so ben and joe if you watch this back you boys are slacking you need to get on it better um as you can see cameron katie and then myself uh me and katie have gone for the same team here but cam the only he would start with rovich he'd the only change he would make is bring livermore back in should he be fit the only change that me and katie would make is we would start Reese Healy and, again, we'd bring in Livermore, providing his fit. Now, Katie, for me, I just think that Livermore's... Uh, not Livermore, sorry. Healy's come on. He's got us a winning goal. For me, he deserves it. Ryovic, we know what you're going to get with Ryovic. He's not going to put himself about and all this. He's going to be, right, if he's in the box, get across him and he, he will sweep up in the box. But I just think Healy deserves that chance. Is, is that your thinking behind it as well? Yeah, and it is it is kind of what we were saying in the start of like if you play well you get rewarded, you get to start. Like I feel like Ryovic, like you said, he hasn't done a lot in the last couple of games. Like um he was quite quiet in the whole game and even yesterday I thought he was quite quiet as well. Um but if you score a goal, of course you should start. Like, especially yeah. Healy coming on in the last minute and scoring. There's you should be rewarded for that, and I feel like the only way to reward him, and I feel like we just haven't seen much too any enough of him to be able to make a judgment. And but what yeah. we've seen is we've seen him score a goal in, in a minute. I feel <laughs> like if he can do that, imagine what he can do in 90 minutes or whatever. I feel like I do think that is the one thing where he's been a bit like Brivic has played quite a bit even when he's not done much. And yes, he has scored goals, but there has mm -hmm. been games where I've been like, oh, he's not really done a lot. Like, I would have started Bale or someone. But like, I do think on Tuesday, even even if it is, it could even just be for rotation, you start yeah. Healy. Like, let Ryovic have a game off. Um, I think Ipswich could definitely be a game where it, I, I have a feeling it could be a bit of a goal thriller. Like, they might score some, but if we can keep up and score, we have to be able to score the goals. If we, it doesn't, in that game like that, it's not like, oh, we can have loads of chances. It is about the end product. If we've got someone like Healy who can finish, great. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what we need. Let's not forget as well, Healy come off the bench against Rotherham and we thought, right, this could be a good chance for him. You know, we were 4-0 up at the time, 3-0 up, whatever it was, and we thought, right, you know, this could be a good chance to get him on, get him a goal, get his confidence, and he got an assist. So now he's come on, minute, and he's scored. Um, and I, I feel a bit, the the sticky situation with Ryovic is, I, I put a tweet out the other day, he, he does naff all, all game, but he'll pop up and score a goal. And yeah. to me, like scoring goals, I don't, excuse me, I don't really care what he's doing for the rest of the game, but there is games where you are frustrated and you're like, right, come on, just do something. Philip Crouch makes a really good point here. Yeah, he, I was going to say this as well. He cannot play the sole striker role and Ishmael doesn't play too up front. Mm. And we've seen that so far this season. So maybe for that reasoning, um, you know, he will stick with Ryovic. But if that's the case, then when he brings his subs on at 60 minutes, 70 minutes, whatever, just let Healy be one of the first yeah. ones. On. Because... We got lucky yesterday, come on, 95th minute, scores 96th minute, happy days. We yeah. can't rely on him doing that every week. We need yeah. to give him more minutes. And if that doesn't say to the gaffer, right, okay, yeah, you stick with that same team, let Ryovic start. But when you make your subs in the 60th minute like you do most weeks, bring me on first because, look, I did that in a minute. What can I do? Yeah. If you're chasing the game or the game's level, mm. why not? So it'll be interesting to see what team starts on Tuesday. I'm not underestimating Ipswich at all. I've just got this confidence because Watford at the moment, like I've pointed out in that previous slide, we just keep going till the very last. Even, and I'm not just saying this now, on the, like considering how the game panned out, 
But even when we were 2-0 down against Norwich, I thought, no, no way. We're not going to let yeah, Norwich yeah. In there and win 3-4-0. I thought we're going to give it a bloody good go. And we did. Yeah. So if we go a goal down on Tuesday night, I'm begging any fans that are going, don't get on the team's back, get mm. behind us. And hopefully, like we did against Southampton, if we go a goal down, get behind the players and the players will pay that back because we will go and score. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting. Um, in terms of score prediction, uh, I asked the group for their score predictions. Ben's gone 2-1 to Watford. Uh, he's saying Espria and Kone are going to score. Cam's actually, uh, whether it's sensible or not, I don't know. He's gone 3-1 to Ipswich and he thinks Kayembe will score. Joe's gone 2-1 to Watford and he's gone Kayembe and Rajovic. What's your score prediction, Katie, for Tuesday night? I think, I think we, oh, I feel like, again, it will be like, it could be like 2-1 Watford or it could be like, 4-2 or something. <laughs> um, no, I think I'm going to go 2-1 Watford. I feel like it will be a bit like the Southampton game, like a bit quiet, and then we go a goal down. I feel like we actually do better when we go a goal down. <laughs> like, um, But I, I do feel like teams coming here and when we play them, I do feel like they underestimate us a little bit. Like, Because obviously in the last few seasons, it's quite easy to be like, oh, they've not done very well. And, and I do feel mm-hmm. like we are flying a bit under the radar at the moment like no one's really I haven't seen much like about us going look at their form look at look at how well they're doing no one's really mm. said anything so do you feel like that kind of that might play to our strengths a bit in the sense that Ipswich might come and not be their best because they might not underestimate they might underestimate us a little bit but I'm gonna go I'm gonna go 2-1 Watford as well I think 2-1 okay who, who do you reckon will score uh I think I think Healy if he plays and maybe Semmer. Semmer, yeah, Semmer's not Semmer's not scored one in a while, like I say, he had a yeah. chance it's yesterday with unfortunate. Um yeah, no, I, I think what you've just said there as well in terms of people coming to Watford and underestimating us. I, I asked a question in the group chat quite a while ago, and I think when it's your first season back in the championship, I think People automatically say, right, well, their favourite bookies certainly, their favourites yeah. to go straight back up. Uh, especially a team like Watford, you know, last season we were one of the favourites to go back up. And everyone was like, oh my God, Watford have finished 11th. What a rubbish season. It was, I'm not denying that. But I asked the question when you're a team in the Championship and like you've just come down, if you go to Watford, so teams going to Watford this season, if they like, get a point against us or beat us at Vicarage Road, do they come away thinking, we've just got a point or we've just won at Vicarage Road? That's a massive mm. result. Like, for example, teams going to the King Power, um, Ellen Road and St Mary's this season, like Rotherham, for example, they they got a point at Southampton. Um, that, you know, they would have come away. That is a big result for them. But do, do teams still think that coming to Vicarage Road? Are we now no longer a team that is a big scalp in the championship? And if we're not, like you say, that can absolutely work in our favour. Mm. Um, you know, people might not come to Watford anymore and think, or oh, it'll be a massive result if we can get a point. Or, and I'm I'm okay with that. I really, really am. Uh, so know. yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I think the first goal again could be key. Um, on 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 Tuesday night, if we get the first goal, I, I pray to God we don't try and sit on it because Ipswich yeah. will go through us. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with. I, I think there'll be goals. I'm going to go. Oh, do you know what? Sod it. I'm going to go four three Watford. <laughs> I, I, I think there will be goals. I've no doubt about that. Yeah, Can I know? do as well. Hamer, I, I really like how Hamer's come in and he's fit in and everything, but I just think there's still a few sort of shaky moments from Hamer. So, and coming up against a team that know where the back of the net is, I think we will concede a few. But no, nah, Suddy, I'm going to go 4 3. <laughs> I think Ryovic is going to score, Espria's going to score, Stemmer, and then Porteous is going <laughs> to score a header from a corner. So, 4-3 to Watford, I'm going to go. Um, 
if you're listening back to this or if you're watching it back, let us know your score predictions in the comments as well. And if you've got the Fan Hub app, don't forget to do your team predictions. Uh, and then if you go into the game as well, don't forget to check in on the app as well. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that that pretty much rounds up our thoughts on the Southampton game and, and Watford in general. Um, <laughs> so thank you very, very much for tuning in. Uh, we are now going to have a bit of a break and then we're actually going to congregate again at half seven because we're recording our Christmas special tonight. We're not sure when it'll be out as a video. It's not going to be a live stream. So don't look out on YouTube or anything tonight because we'll not be doing it live. We're recording it tonight and then it will come out closer to Christmas. So Ben has put in, excuse me, Ben has put in a lot of work and there's a lot of it that I don't know what's coming. So it's going to be a surprise to me as well. But Ben has put in a lot of work. So I'm really, really looking forward to what he's got planned. Um, so yeah, more details of when that will be out will uh, we'll come in, in, in the coming days, I'm sure. But thank you very much for watching. If you've enjoyed the video, please do leave a like. I've noticed recently that our videos recently have been getting a lot of likes. Believe me, that one click of a button helps more than you think. So, And I've noticed as well, the subscribers are creeping up as well. So if you like the video, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button as well. And um, yeah, I, I, we might be back in midweek. I'm trying to get hold of an Ipswich podcast. If I can, we'll be back in midweek to to chat to Ipswich to, uh, to see, get the lowdown from the Ipswich side of things. Um, but if not, we'll be back after the Preston game to talk about the Preston result, which myself and Camel is actually going to. So there might be a Voices of the Vic match day vlog again. Who knows? But yeah, thank you very, very much for tuning in. Stay safe, everyone. And come on, you horns. Sports Social Podcast Network.